This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Every Step Along The Way. Well, this is your new Stoke City pod and we're going to be aiming to give you a preview and get you up and ready for the games that matter with Stoke City. We will be with you every step along the way this season. However, <laughs> yes, we have hit some technical difficulties in recording the first podcast. So, we'll change the format slightly. This is going to be a briefer than normal pod. But we couldn't leave you hanging. We couldn't leave you without that that preview pod to get you ready for the match. So here it is. So a bit more about technical difficulties. I'm actually running solo on this episode. Um, however, I will usually be joined by Michael Stockley, who you may know from Not FM. So, I mean, I mean, I've been a Stoke fan for probably over 25 years now, to be honest. So uh, I think like many people who are probably listening, you've seen the highs, seen the lows. And um, like you very kindly pointed out, uh, yeah, I used to be a presenter on, on Not FM, which was uh, one of my favourite um, shows previously. So it was a great radio show and working with Ange. But my, my general background, um, I mean, my dad got, my, got me into Stoke many, many years ago. And uh, one thing he probably won't thank me for, for sharing is that he was actually a Port Bell fan at one point. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll let him off. Um, but anyway, yeah, he, he saw sense. Um, and I must admit, I've got flashes of my time in the Victoria ground very, very long time ago now. But I'd actually probably say that the highlight of my kind of youth was watching us um, beat, I think it was Cardiff, wasn't it, in the Autoglass? No, Bristol City, apologies, at the Autoglass. Uh- and a little bit about myself. is uh, My name's Dan Buxton. Uh, I've been a season ticket holder since the late 90s. I've seen some really bad times and I've seen some really great times following this club. Um, I have worked for the, the academy. I've been doing the media in there. I've run the Stoke City Mad website. I founded and played for Stoke Ramblers, the Stoke fans team. That took us all around the country. Met some great fans of all different clubs doing that. Uh, and nowadays, uh, I'm, do- I'm going to be doing this and hopefully, um, like I say, bring it, bringing us Potters fans together before the game and, you know, I'll get some interaction going and some positivity around the club. Um, if we can help a little bit with that, then that, that's the aim with what we're doing. As for my favourite Stoke player of all time, I would say 
it has to be Ricardo Fuller. Um, it was such a buzz when he used to get the ball. He was tipping me onto the edge of my seat. You'd be up. You'd just be expecting him. Even if you, you'd be at the corner flag with two, three men around him and you'd still feel like there was a goal three or four seconds away. The man was a pure magician. Um, lovely bloke as well. And yeah, a real um, fantastic player to be to have around this club and to have watched so many times. Uh, proud to have said that I, I did watch Ricardo Fuller in, in his pomp. So after those introductions, let's get into the Stoke stuff, eh? Let's get into the stuff that we are here for. So this week we have improved our attacking options. We've signed a striker, yes. We have signed Sam Surridge from Bournemouth for £2 million. Right, before we go any further, I'm going to have to clear this up. Folks, are you listening carefully? It's Sam Surridge. No T, he's not Sam Sturridge, he's Surridge. Okay, right, now we've cleared that up, let's move back on. He is a former England under-21 international, he's still only 23 years of age, 6 foot 3. Uh, so he's going to be competition for Stephen Fletcher, we'd imagine. Um, but obviously, you know, we've only, got limited, we've only seen limited views of him. Um, so why don't we catch up with somebody who actually has watched him develop out of the Bournemouth Academy? So we did. We did just that. We asked the Bournemouth fan, and this is what they said. Hi, my name's John Spark. I'm a contributor for the Cherries Red Army Bournemouth fan channel. Sam Surridge is a player that all of us are going to be very disappointed to see go, as you would be for someone that's come through your youth system. After a few decent loan spells, including a quite productive spell at Oldham, where he got a Player of the Month award, he broke through somewhat this season. Didn't get too many starts, but did come off the bench quite a lot. All told, he only played just over 10 minutes on average per appearance, really. So the return of about four goals sort of shows the opportunities that he was given. I think the frustrating thing for him is that even after a good performance, he'd suddenly find himself out of starting 11 again for seemingly no reason. I have a feeling that Stendhal and Woodgate just didn't like the kind of player he was in the terms of that he's not really a Solanke figure. He's much more in the mould of a Callum Wilson, Jermaine Defoe type. He's just hanging on that last man constantly and all he wants is the ball to be put in behind and allow him to run onto it and take a shot or if you've got it in possession in the, in the opposition third, get it wide and cross it in behind the defence. You can see that in the game we scored, uh, we won three one against Norwich last season. He comes on at half time, and his first touch is from a cross that's put into the box that he's at the back post to poach it and tap it away. In total, in that game, I think he touched the ball four times in an entire half, and that's because he's waiting for that ball in behind for that cross, and it just never came, and it just wasn't the style that Bournemouth were implementing at the time, with Brooks cutting off the left and Danjuma cutting in off, uh, Brooks cutting off the right and Danjuma cutting in off the left. In terms of his strength, I'd definitely say finishing is his best attribute. Um, he is big and strong enough to act as more of a target man, but. You know, if you don't actually have people running off him, then it's not really going to do much help because he's not going to win as many headers as the defend the big defenders that he's going up against. If you look at the the game that we played in the Carabao Cup last season, the highlights of the two one loss, you'll see a very good tidy finish from sort of a half chance of just inside the area that he puts away very nicely. And coincidentally, you'll see probably an even better finish from Liam Delap, who I know you've also been linked with in that match. Um, is he going to start? Well, I'd say he probably will get in the head of Steve Fletcher, I would imagine, because 
certainly in terms of pace he'll have and beat. Um, but is he going to go in ahead of Tyrese Campbell? Um, probably not, although it depends sort of what injury Campbell's got, how quickly he's going to come back, and, and how effective Surridge is um, from the start of this season. I honestly believe that he's capable of being a, t- a promotion-winning striker with a bit more experience and with a lot more game time and pushing on to being a mid-level sort of Premier League striker. He's got that in him. It's just a case of being given opportunities and make sure that you actually supply him with those chances. Because if you don't, he's just going to be stood waiting on the last man and the ball's never going to reach him. If you give him that supply you'll get a lot of goals. And I reckon if he starts half your games this season, he'll get 10 goals this season. I can be pretty confident of that. Big thanks to John there at Cherry's Red Army for that. Uh, It's exciting, Potters fans. You know, it's always good to have a player brought into the club who, you know, the fans of the the, the selling team are sad to see go. Um, So, yeah, let's hope that he makes an impression with us as well. Now, he isn't the only summer signing, though, is he? We've also signed a defender from Watford named Ben Wilmot. Again, young and under 21 international. He's only 21 years of age. He's coming as a replacement, probably in the squad for Nathan Collins. Uh, personally, I didn't really see much of him until um, I saw him play against Crew the other week for the NR Friendly. Uh, I thought he looked really good. He really composed on the ball and carried it well out of defence. And uh, generally looked a very exciting centre-half to have in the team. Uh, but again, that's limited. That's only, you know, me only seeing him in one friendly. So what we did there, we caught up with Ben Ayton of Voices of the Vic, a Watford uh, podcast. And this is what he had to say on Mr Wilmot. Hi guys, it's Ben here from the Voices of the Vic podcast, just giving you my thoughts on Ben Wilmot signing for Stoke City. Um, Watford signed him back in 2018 from Stevenage Borough for £1 million. Um, he joined the club and was just on the bench and featured in the League Cup games. Um, I think he came off a bench against Wolves in the Premier League to make his Premier League debut but it was literally in the 90th minute so you couldn't really judge him on that um, later on in the year we sent him out on loan to Undinese who like you all probably know is Watford's sister club um, we have the same owners um, so went to Undinese and played in Syria F, uh, from January to um, the end of the season he played against the likes of Juventus Inter AC Milan Roma and he was used as a holding midfielder in these games actually so it shows his versatility and he's actually played a few games for Watford in that position too um, when he came back from Mundanese he um, spent the whole year at Swansea City out on loan where he actually developed as a, 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 as a centre-back playing week in week out and he um, also scored the winning goal in Welsh Derby against Cardiff City um, he, he was really uh, well liked at Swansea City and they actually tried to sign him to keep him permanently but Watford uh, managed to reject the bids and kept him up for club um, he came back to Watford and he was his, our first choice centre-back under Val- Vladimir Ivic and he played every single game under him until he was sacked in December. Um, he scored his first goal for Watford against QPR in those months as well. Um, and then Cisco Munas came in in December, took over from Ivic and um, he, he started the first two games under uh, Cisco, but um, he kind of fell out of favour. Um, he kind of preferred the partnership between Trucy Con and um, Sirielta. Um, and 
Ben Wilmot only had to deal with um, substitute appearances for the remainder of the season coming off the bench. And you could tell that Ben Wilmot wasn't happy. He's, he's a young guy who wants to play week in, week out. And you could tell it was it was maybe getting a bit frustrating for him. He wasn't even making a bench at some points towards the end of the season. And he was just in the stands and just watching. Um, but mixed feelings between Watford fans uh, with Ben Wilmot leaving. Many believe that he was a future Watford captain in the making. Um, others felt that he, was, um, he wasn't good enough to start games for us in the Premier League. Um, and people even thought that it was maybe fourth choice defender behind Cyril to True and Christian Cavaselli. Um so personally I don't blame Ben Wilmot for wanting to leave the club. Um, I think it's a really good signing for Stoke City. Um, he's young, he's willing to learn, he wants to play week in, week out, and Stoke is going to be that club that's going to give him that. Um, he's a ball playing defender that likes to step out from the back. Um, he drives at players, he's very comfortable on the ball, he can pick a pass, he's got leadership qualities and is an area threat from set pieces as well. And, and to be fair, he's a real steal at £2 million. And I think you guys have got a really good sign in here and I, I could see him being a future Stoke City um, captain. Um, with me and my co-host, um, Mike, we've all tipped him to play for England one day. That's how highly rated some Watford fans rated him and that's my opinion as well. He is very good and he can play at the top level. Um, it's just unfortunate that he fell out of favour at Watford, but wish him all the best at Stoke City. Cheers for that, Ben. Another great update and another promising time from this Stokes, uh, new Stoke signing. We've also brought in Mario Vrancic from Norwich, who obviously has to get a promotion. You know, he, he, he's got the experience of getting out of this league. Let's hope we can use his um, obvious ability over the next nine months. And we've signed Jack Bonham, a goalkeeper from Gillingham, uh, to provide a bit of backup and a bit of uh, cover in that position as well. Transfer-wise, though, it isn't really the in that have been the talking point as much this summer, it's the outs. Now, Nathan Collins has left the club, as we mentioned earlier on, he's gone to Burnley. Uh, the fees undisclosed, I wouldn't have to guess. I think it's been reported around £12 million, but we, we don't know what the, what the exact figure is. Uh, but we've also got rid of Kevin Vimmer, he's gone rapid Vienna on a free. Liam Lindsay has gone to Preston, again undisclosed. Ryan Woods has gone to Birmingham on a free transfer. Jordan Cousins has gone to Wigan on a free transfer. Badu Undai has gone to Aris Salonica in Greece for an undisclosed fee. Uh, Bruno Martins Indy has gone to AZ Altmar for an undisclosed fee. John Obi Macau was released. Uh, he's gone to do some uh, work over in Qatar, I believe. With um, Lassa Sorensen has joined Lincoln for an undisclosed fee. Sam Vokes has joined Wickham for an undisclosed fee. And then we've sent out the, the following players on season-long loan deals. Uh, Benny Kofobi to Millwall, Peter Etebo to Watford, Moritz Bauer to FC Ufa, Connor Taylor to Bristol Rovers, and Blondie and Unkio to Crawley. Now, obviously, that's a lot of faces out the door, but yeah, I think the club has been trying to do that for the last two or three years. The fact a lot of these players were in the last year of the contract, I think, has made those... Um, sales easier to do um, and obviously other teams maybe to take over that contract for that first 12 months for us to pay a bit of wages obviously we'll never know the ins and outs of them deals um, but yeah it's just good to get to put a full stop at a lot of those Stoke careers and then players that have left uh, players that we've had to you know, keep finding loan clubs for every summer 
uh, we'll be able to concentrate now on there's a couple more that may leave but we can concentrate on getting a couple more faces through the door as well uh, and let Mark O'Neill get on with the job with players that actually want to play for this club So the season is now upon us. It doesn't feel like two minutes since the Euros finished. Not that we're complaining, the other then weekends are very long with no football. So as Stoke fans, we've obviously got, you know, whether it be positive or negative, we've got our own thoughts on how this season's going to go. What we did though, we caught up with Ryan Dilks from the Second Tier podcast and he gave us his opinion as a neutral on how he sees the Potters getting on in this coming season. So I'm a bit wary about having too much expectation for Stoke, having tipped them to do quite well for the past couple of seasons. But now I'm seriously looking at this Stoke side and thinking maybe this is the season where they can get into the top six. Quite a few other championship neutrals are looking at QPR and Luton as a dark horse, but it's kind of become a case now where Everyone's talking about them so much that they're not really a dark horse. And I feel like Stoke are actually a side who no one's really talking about as a side who could be in the top six this season. And you've got everything you need there to get into the top six. I mean, Ben Wilmot is a really solid sign. And I imagine him and Harry Souter will combine together really well as a defensive pairing next season. Um, I mean, the strike options, Sam Surridge... The £5.5 million transfer fee is a bit pricey, but he will be a good player for Stoke. Um, and, Lee, and if Liam Delap signs, then, you know, Stoke are really in business because there are big things that are expected of him. Obviously, the big, big addition to the side will be the return of Tyrese Campbell, who I seriously think can be one of, if not the best attacking players in the Championship last season. He showed in that first half of the season how good a player he is. And if he comes back and is as good, maybe even better um, than that period, then my God, Stoke are going to be full of attacking options for next season. But if you go through the players one by one, then yeah, it's a really, really solid side. So yeah, I'm expecting Stoke to challenge for the top six at the very least this season. Thanks for that, Ryan. So as Potters, we've got Reading first up at home. So here's a few statistics around that fixture. Last season, we drew 0-0 at home with Reading, which in fact has been the result of the Bet365 in each of the last three seasons that we played them since we were relegated back to the Championship. However, we did pick up a 3-0 win away from home in front of the Sky cameras. Um, so from the home, we played them at home in February this year and there's only six starters from that match likely to play a part on Saturday. Uh, Angus Gunn, Nathan Collins, John Obi mikel Jack Clark have all left the club. Uh, and James McLean doesn't look like he's going to be involved. Uh, Sam Vokes and Jordan Cousins also come on as sub, and they've left the club as well. So it's going to be a very, even though that game was only a few months ago, it's going to be a very different Stoke side out there than it was in that game. Um, if James Chester plays any part uh, on Saturday, it'll be his 50th appearance for the Potters. Uh, and talking of 50, there have been 50 league meetings between these two sides. And you, you literally cannot separate them hardly. It's 17 Stoke wins, 16 Reading wins, and 17 draws. Uh, like I said, the last three meetings Stoke have already nil-nil as well. So let's hope for a few more goals than that on Saturday. Uh, however, the good thing is we are unbeaten in nine games versus Reading. 
um, dating back to 2005-2006 season. And I think we're going to need that good record because we actually have the worst opening day record in the country with no wins in our last 11 games. The last time we did manage a win was a 2-0 win over Burnley in 2009. Since then we've drawn four and lost seven games. So, Mike this week has run a couple of Twitter polls uh, to, to see you know where, where fans are, where the feelings are within the fan base. And here's what he's found out. There's actually some poll results. So I did put some poll results up and obviously we'll, we'll be putting up regular posts um, throughout the week, guys. So make sure you do um, check out the, uh, the podcast as well. So every step um, along on Twitter, you'll be able to actually have a look at the, uh, the podcast on polls on there and please do get involved leave us a comment as well um but in terms of the actual results that we've got so um i did an early final position now this is massively like way way early but i wanted just to see where people think uh, so um we had 48 percent of people thought we'd be in the top 10 which i think is pretty reasonable 32 percent of people thought we'd be in the playoffs interesting 13% of bottom, uh, 13% of people thought we'd be in the bottom half, and 7% think we'll be in the top two. Again, another one of the polls I put out there was around the top goal scorer, and uh, Fletcher got, uh, was, was lowest with 19%, so 19% of fans think he'll be the top scorer. Uh, Campbell's slightly above at 22%. Uh, Nick Powell, understandably, got, uh, he's always good for a goal, um, 25%. And then actually 30, 35% of people thought that um, there would actually also come elsewhere. Um, and then to be fair, that was prior to the storage signing that I put that out um, because obviously it has been very, very recent. So um, obviously 35% people think that, you know, it'll be a player coming in or maybe even someone a bit of a wild card kind of uh, getting the moment. And I think we'd all probably agree that no matter no matter what, um, as long as somebody scores the goals, I don't care. It, but Bursic can go and score more for I care. As long as they go in, um, I really, really don't care. So around this time, usually, we'd now try and get like an in-depth discussion into the game and preview it. Um, unfortunately, the technical difficulties have uh, put paid to that this week. However, we do still have some insight on how people are feeling. So I've got a, we've got a bit from Mike. We've got a bit from a Stoke fan named Ian from Stone. Uh, but, it, but to start us off, we've got Simeon Pickup from the Tilehurst End podcast. He's a Reading fan, and he'll kick us off now, telling us how he feels the game will go on Saturday. This season's a really tough one to predict for Reading. Uh, we've lost some key players in Michael Elise and Omar Richards, and really we needed to replace them if we're to be confident of getting a top six spot. That being said, we do still have some really good players in the squad, Ajaria Swift and Joao in particular, uh, Josh Laurent as well, if we can keep hold of him, given there's reported interest from Nottingham Forest. So on the face of it, it's a good squad, but there's still a lot of work to do, um, certainly in building up the size of the squad as well. Uh, Reading have a, a decent core, but beyond that, if there are injuries, we really look uh, dreadfully thin. There's a good academy with players ready to step up in the coming years, but they're not quite ready at the minute. So a lot of Reading's success this season is going to count on whether or not we're able to get in probably about four to six players ideally just to tide us over and give us that little bit more strength and depth for the rest of the season. 
Um, if we can get that, I think there'll be a good chance of a top-half finish, if not an outside chance of the top six. But I do think playoffs are probably going to be a little bit beyond our reach, and that was shown even with our drop-off last season. Um, regardless of recruitment, we're still going to need improvement from players in terms of consistency, and the manager in terms of uh, learning his lessons from last season, uh, in terms of tactical variety um, and rotation as well. So there's lots of different factors to take into consideration. As for Stoke, it seems like a, a club um, that is much better run than it had been in the last few years, certainly. Um, I don't think you'll quite have enough to get into the top six, but that said, you're still on the right track. And ultimately, um, it's about not uh, over-gambling with your future and just gradually and sustainably building up in the hope of getting to the top six eventually. Um, Tyrese Campbell, if you can get him back to the form that he had been at before he was injured, he'll be absolutely massive for you. And if you can get him firing, then there's certainly a good chance of the top six. That being said, I think you'll uh, probably finish in a very respectable, very solid mid-table finish. Hi folks, it's Ian from Stone here. Um, followed Stoke probably now all well, my life really so 30 odd years uh, first started going with my dad he's the one who got me into it um, thank you very much dad for that um, quick one on the transfer business I think it's been pretty good to be honest with you on the whole um, we've had decent incomings I think not spent a huge amount of money but it's also quite nice to see that there is a little bit of money there in the pot to spend which I guess comes from the fact that we've managed to shift a bit of the deadwood that's probably been the story of the transfer window for me Incomings look good though. Ben Wilmot obviously is uh, looks to be a capable replacement for uh, the departing Collins. I think decent business with him. I know a lot of people may have raised their eyebrows at the transfer fee, thinking we should have hung on for more. But in this market, I think that's a fair price. Uh, Vranchitz looks exciting from midfield. Um, obviously, his pre-season goal will kind of set pulses racing. But I think um, he looks a classy player. So hopefully, he'll bring a different dimension through the midfield. Ian from Stone here, just following up. Uh, so the Surridge signing, I think, is a really good one. Um, has a reputation from a young age, which is always a good sign. Looks like he couldn't get the opportunities at Bournemouth, but well, you would think that's because there's a £20 million signing ahead of him, which they will feel they need to play. Uh, reputation, though, from his loan spells is positive. So that should bode well for us. I think it'll give him a fresh start here and he'll uh, bang in some goals. Prediction for Saturday, I'm going to say a 2-0 win for, for Stoke. I think we'll play the wing-back system. O'Neill will favour that. Uh, Doughty hopefully will come good on his first start. Well, I'm really excited about seeing him because he comes with that reputation of having frightening pace, which will give us a, a different dimension to attack with. Uh, keep up the good work, though, guys. Uh, thank you very much. Personally, I think up front's a bit of an interesting one. I mean, I think the team's quite set a lot by and large, but I'd say that Surrey's probably now comes in for Brown. I mean, I had Brown in, in my team um, going into the weekend, but I think Surridge has to start. Uh, my, my worry was that he wouldn't have had time to actually train with the team, but he was already training with the team a day before he was even announced. So um, I'd say that up front, that's pretty much um, that's, that's pretty much where, where I'm thinking the only changes, and I'll give you my team now actually. So um, I've got Davis in goal. I think he might get a over Bursic, I could be very wrong. They're both great keepers, so I'll be very wrong from the very beginning here. <laughs> but um, I've got Tommy Smith at right back, obviously. Uh, I've actually had Fox uh, to go left back. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether whether he beats uh, Doherty. But I think 
could very much be the case that the latter gets in. But and then obviously Bath um, and and Wilmot. So I was going more of a like, uh, effectively a four four two, but with Allen sitting in the hole. So Davis Smith, Bath, Wilmot, and Fox with Allen uh, defensive midfielder, and then Vranich, Lucas, and Powell with Fletcher, and and now I'll put Surridge up front um, instead of Brown uh, again. Suter, I could see Suter easily coming back. It's a nice problem to have. It wouldn't surprise me if I'm completely wrong and he goes with three at the back and I could see Bath, Wilmot and Suter all starting. Um, but I'm going to put my neck on the block and go and go. he's going to go with four. You see, the one thing I think most people haven't thought about here as well, um, see my opinion in terms of how I think we're going to win, and it's, yeah, obviously it's going to be tactical, but the one thing that maybe people haven't thought about is actually off the pitch. So um, I actually had a look on the website earlier on. It looks like we're actually going to have quite a few thousand empty seats to, uh, on Saturday. So um, I still think, though, we'll end up with maybe 15,000, 16,000 Stoke fans potentially. Um, but we, one thing that people haven't mentioned is the actual home advantage. Let's think about it. With a home team, we've had 18 months off without any fans at all. We should have a very noisy stadium. It should be an amazing atmosphere for them players. You know, they they haven't had fans in the stadium for for a long, long time. Um, you know, I would not want to be an away team going to the Bet Three Six Five on Saturday. Absolutely not. And I put my call out to the fans more than anything is: if you can't get up for this match, if you can't create a good atmosphere, then we never will because they, you've got to release all that, you know, all that anticipation, all. all to get back into the stadium, that for me is going to be absolutely massive advantage. It's probably the biggest advantage that any home team has ever had going into a season on the first match, because that's never happened before, as far as I'm aware. And there we have it, your very first episode of Every Step Along the Way. Now, the format isn't exactly how it was planned, and in the future it's not going to be the same. What we are going to do, though, is keep up with all the the, the clips that you've heard there and the, and the, you know, the mini interviews with people from clubs linked to either transfers or matches. And also we want to hear from you. We want to hear voice notes from you guys so we can include you in the show. In fact, that's what, that's what we're here for. We're here to bring the Stoke fan base together as much as we can. Um, so if you do, you know, you, we're on social media all across. Get in touch with us. Send us your voice notes. Send us your questions. Send us your polls, whatever. And we'll do them and we'll talk about them on here as best we can. Okay. Up the potters. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.